My guest name today is James Barner. Born in June 1929, he's a Ghanaian photographer, born and raised in Accra. From Ghana, he traveled to the UK in the 60s, went back to Ghana 10 years later, and then moved back to Britain officially in the 90s. A few days ago, I was lucky enough to be welcomed inside the house of a man not only 65 years older than me, but a pioneer in the creative industry, especially in African photography. Just after we shared greetings, Uncle James Barnard decided to play the video of his 80th birthday celebrations to me as a way to welcome me into his world. Uh, with the things that I have in mind, uh, 80 is just like 21. <laughs> that was 10 years ago. We have more to do. And that's what I, that is I mean. 10 years ago yeah. on my 80th birthday. You haven't years changed. Ago. You look the same. And, and I still, I don't know when I'm starting, where I'm finishing. Mm. Yes. That's what I want you to see. Mm. 10 years ago, I was saying the same thing. Even it's much bigger now. Mm. Uh, As his wiki profile states, James Barner represents societies in transition, Ghana moving toward independence and London becoming a multicultural metropolis. He was Ghana's first full-time newspaper photographer in the 50s and he's credited with introducing colour processing to Ghana in the 1970s. There is so much to learn from him about his journey, his life, his thoughts on life, the good times, the difficult times of his career. Welcome to Journeys With Podcast. And today, we are going, guys, we are going on a journey with Sir James Barner. I am here with the one and only Uncle James Barner. I cannot call him by his name. I have to add the uncle. My culture will not uh, allow me to call him by his name. Thank you so much for allowing me to, you know, interview you, opening the doors of, of your home for me. And I really, really appreciate it, Uncle James. Oh, it is a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my, my, what is left for me now is to share what I know, what I have, mm. you know, because when I leave and mm. I don't share it, I go with it and everybody loses. Yes. So yeah. whatever there is that I have or that I know right. and it's worth giving out, you know, anybody who comes to me, I don't shut my doors. Yes. 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 And I think it's, it's very good, you know, to just share and to have the like the you know that 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 quality of sharing i think is very very necessary because yes. a lot of people can benefit from that can learn from it and so i really appreciate you you know sitting down with me and wanting to share your story with me so for the first question i'd like to ask you you're 90 years old uh, uncle james and would you say that at this age the you know the 19 year old teenager is still living inside you do you feel like though you're 90, you still have little James that is still inside somewhere? Oh, definitely. definitely. Really? <laughs> um, I, I would say uh, there's now a warning that, you know, you, you are getting on, a warning. But uh, before I was 90, mm. you know, now I'm getting to 91. A few wow. months now, I'll be 91. Wow. But before I was 90, I never thought of old age. Mm. You know, I wouldn't mind thinking of passing away like death, but for to be old, I never thought of it. Mm. You know, because I thought, you know, I have the strength and I'll go on and on and on. Yeah. But now that I'm 80, I've, so I've got, I'm 90, yes, after the 80, 90, uh, I've got a warning. That mm. oh, now you've got to be careful, you know, mm. you, are, you are getting on, mm. you are getting on. Mm. But the spirit is still there. Mm. You know, if the body is weak or something, that's a different thing. But, you know, 
the spirit is still there because there is still so much right. uh, to share. Do you feel like there's still so much that you want to share, so much in you that you want to give? Yeah, apart from what I know and I can talk about, uh, we are uh, actually digitizing and archiving my work. You know, I've lost, I've lost more than half of my work over the years, but what is left, we are data putting them all into database, right. and that is a lot of work. Yeah, I can you know, imagine. trying to uh, digitize them, scan them, and then remember what what they are and who when they were taken, and so on, as much information as possible. Yeah, that's like 40, 30 years of work as well that you have to find and put together. We we we're trying our best, and that yes. is being done in in Paris mm. by my manager. Right. You see, so I should be there, but I thought, you know, at least I have to come to London and take a little rest. Right. Uh, get some, you know, the doctor to see, you know, oh, you see are. and uh, uh, revamp me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then yeah, I can yeah. work more. Because I'll, I'll be sorry if I don't finish that work. Right. Uh, and, and when I finish it, that is when it becomes a tool mm. to be used in working. So mm. it, if it's completed, mm -hmm. it's more ready to be used than when it wasn't completed. That's true. So, so the, the work will not finish. Mm. You know, it's interesting what you say about... Uh, when you were younger, you didn't really think about old age. I think that's all of us. At 25 years, I'm not even thinking about me being 60. I'm still enjoying. So I think no, it's a 16. mistake that yeah. a lot of people make. They, yeah. they are young and they think they'll be young forever. So they don't think about working. They don't think about legacy. So it's interesting that you say that when you were young, you were not thinking about yes, old age. Uh, I, thought, I thought I'll continue to do what, you know, so I would say I didn't hurry, mm. you know, I didn't hurry to finish this, I didn't hurry, I just did what came my way, and I just took my time. Mm. Yeah. I knew I was ambitious, uh, you know, I knew if I wanted to do this, I'll try, 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 till I get it, till I manage to do it, and then I'm satisfied, then I go to the next one. But, but that, it, it will come to a time when Somebody will hold your hand before you get up right. or get out of the car. No, right. that I didn't think of that at all. <laughs> and and it, it's been a slight shock to me. Yeah. You know. But again, it's good because mm -hmm. when this, your studio name is ever young, yeah. everybody will think that you, know, you will remain ever young. Yeah. But that wasn't the idea. Right. The idea for calling my studio Ever Young was uh, to make uh, my sitters, people who come to my studio, look younger mm. than they really was. I see. You know, you know, before they came to me, I made them look younger. I see. You see? I see, I see. Uh, and there, there was a, a nice story that uh, we did in school. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it went like that, uh, you know. At the time we we did what we call English composition, English grammar, English construction, and all. The, and there was one that was English comprehension. I see. English comprehension. We where you are giving um, an extract or a story. Either you read or you are told the story several times. And then later, you are asked questions mm. on what you, you read or the story to find out how you understood the, the story or how many words you can use. And as much as you get from the story, you are asked questions. And the story went like this. Iduna, the beautiful young goddess of the Norsemen, lived in a pretty grove called Ever Young. I see. She had a golden casket full of the most wonderful apples. A hero might come 
tired and weary, feeling that he was growing old. Then Iduna would give him an apple, and as soon as he had eaten it, he will feel fresh and young again. Mm. That's the story. And it says what was still what what was wonderful was that Iduna's grove was never lonely. It was always full. And more so, what was still more wonderful was that Iduna's supply of apples never failed. Mm. As soon as the last rosy fruit had been given away. The casket was filled again by an invisible hand. Mm. So there was that magic about it. That's the, that's the story. That's mm. the extract. Mm. And so when the questions came, one of the questions was, give this extract your own name. But I called Ever Young. The name of the, you know, the story. Yes, you know, I called it Ever Young. This was, oh, 1945, when I was in Snart 7, you know, elementary school, Snart 7, ready to finish. Mm. And later, later, when, you know, 19, what? 49.50, I wanted a name for my studio. Mm. I remember this because in the, in the apprenticeship or in the process of learning photography, there was a, a means by which you retouch. The pictures. Yes, the pictures. Now we use Photoshop, but back then there was no Photoshop. Mm. That's right, that's right. And we did everything with pencil. Ooh, yes. wow. And that was something, you know. That's a skill in itself. Yes. So, in fact, uh, in Ghana or when I was, uh, if anybody didn't go through that uh, discipline of learning to retouch. As uh, a photographer, I, right? You mean? I, I, yeah, any photographer who goes, you know, who learns or who is taking pictures and he hasn't gone through that discipline, I don't add him to myself. I don't say I'm be better, but I don't compare him to myself. Mm. Even though uh, it takes a long time to master it, and I should have, I could have stayed longer in apprenticeship, but I didn't. Even though I didn't master it as I should, mm. you know, uh, that was the theme of my studio. Mm. My studio. The apprenticeship. Um, I read that is your uncle or your cousin my who cousin, made you go cousin. through the apprenticeship yeah i went through the apprenticeship with my cousin with your cousin yes before but you opened the studio yes yourself. yes otherwise you don't know what you're doing yes that's true mm -hmm. mm. uh, I, I served under him like master boy mm. you know and but even through that or during that i met another cousin who was also a photographer. Oh, he runs in the family. <laughs> yes, yes, about three or four photographers mm -hmm. in my family. Yeah, I, I want to ask you, Uncle James, what is it about the art of photography that facilitated you so much? What is it about taking pictures, pictures that made you think, you know what, I want to pursue that? Because I did read that you also liked, you wanted to be a police man or something like that. You applied for the work of police officer but then he said, no, photography is what I want to do. Why? Uh, when I went to the police, I went, applied as a photographer. Okay. When, when I applied, you know, to the police, I did as a photographer. Mm. And they said, oh, we don't teach profession here. So go and learn and come. Mm. You know, and when I went... I didn't go to learn photography. I went to be a teacher. You know, I even taught in the blind school, the school for the blind at Acropon in 1946, 47. So that was before the apprenticeship that you did yes, with your cousin? Yes, oh, you, know, you know, from school, I went to, to teach. I had a class, but I was the art and craft teacher, mm -hmm. uh, teaching how to weave baskets and how to weave cloth. So you always had an interest in artistic stuff, being creative, it seems like. I it. think it came my way. I don't think I chose. I, I don't 
I don't really, you know, thinking back on it. I don't know. This police was something that uh, perhaps uh, could have come my way because my my friends in class thought I was too strict, so I should be a policeman when when I finish. You know, when I finish school, I should join the police. Many people said it, but then. I saw a police photographer, right? You know who who came round to to take pictures when there was accident, you know, around oh. our area, and you know that caught me. And as I said, I was already in 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 a family of photographers. Mm. My uncle was a photographer, but he had retired mm. when when I finished. But what made me yes. go in was that. Uh, one of my teachers, the same teacher who taught me how to weave baskets, right. gave me a small camera. I don't know why he gave that to me. Wow, uh, that's he, unusual. He, yes, it, it was. You know, he, he gave me a small camera. And, and so when I was teaching, I started using it. I started mm -hmm. using it. I didn't know anything at all about it. Mm. And I started using it. And that was, you know, what got me into starting to take pictures of people or liking to take the pictures or making sure that if the first one wasn't good, the second one would be all right. Mm -hmm. And then I changed onto another camera, a bigger camera than mm -hmm. the, the first one I got and so on. And uh, since I didn't have a, a dark room myself, Right. When and I didn't know how to develop and print, mm. so if I took pictures, I took them to another photographer or some people by the roadside, mm -hmm. and they would develop and print for me. Mm. And I got a couple of friends, you know, who's uh, I, I spent time with them, waiting for my prints to be ready, or talked about their work or watched them work. How did it make you feel when you were taking pictures? Is it a buzz? Is it excitement? Is it how did it make you, you feel? You have you 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 have a duty to do. You you've set yourself an assignment, and somebody wants a service from you. Mm. Somebody wants a service from you. You are the one who can give that service. So you find a way of applying what you know to to provide the service. When when I fail. Like when I started, if uh, there's one common mistake, uh, when you roll, you take a picture, mm -hmm. you roll onto the next film with the with the you know primitive cameras or beginning beginners cameras. There's no uh, locking device, mm -hmm. you know, uh, something to prevent double exposure. Right. So when you take a picture and you don't roll it, and you leave it and you go and take another one, it means you take two on the same film. You've lost the film, but you've lost the opportunity to get satisfy your customer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a wedding or sometimes it's something that where the person will have to dress up. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that, yeah, that inconvenience is not very good. Mm -hmm. So know. it's like it was it was... For you, it was like a goal because now we can just delete pictures. But back then, it was like you had to get it right the first time. Yes. And for you, you yes. like the excitement of wanting to get it right. Yes, and satisfying the, satisfy the customer. But I satisfy myself too. Ah, you know, I satisfy myself that I've done it. Uh, I've, I've made it. I've been able to overcome it and I've got it. And then I give it to the customer. Right. You know, and I... I don't know if I was a businessman, perhaps I would make money, but I didn't think so much of the money as I thought of um, satisfying the customer or getting the work done properly. That's, that's that that helped me, mm -hmm. but you know it means I, I sit like that without money, <laughs> you know. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of yes, passion, mm -hmm. satisfaction. And, you know, when you have the ambition and you have the goal, you're always finding ways of doing different things. Right. Yes.
So let's speak a little bit about your first studio. How was it? Did you get customers? Uh, did you think about competition? Were you nervous? How was it when you first set up your studio ever young in Accra? I believe in Jamestown. Uh, the, f the first time it was somewhere uh, near Arena in Accra. Okay. You know, first I was in my aunt's room. And I moved to a small place, you know, uh, it took some time, 49, end of 49, 50, 51, it's 53 that I moved to Jamestown. Mm. So I spent some time uh, elsewhere. And it was while I was there that I happened to uh, start with the Daily Graphic, as they have talked Daily Graphic is a newspaper in Ghana, isn't yes. it? Yes. They, you know, there were there there were no uh, papers like the Daily Graphic in nineteen before nineteen fifty mm -hmm. or even in nineteen fifty. Did they come to you or you approached them? Because you uh, didn't have a portfolio then as much. People didn't really know you, right? I would say I was going to go to them, but they came to me. They came. To I you. was going to. They go heard to about them. you. They they were looking for somebody. Okay. You know, so they went to the one who trained me. Ah. And he said he didn't do that type of work, but mm -hmm. he had somebody who did. Because he knew I, I did it, but he didn't encourage me. Because what we did with the retouching and the big plates, you know, that time the negative, if it falls down, it will break. Mm -hmm. it was, it's on glass and they were large negatives. Mm -hmm. It's a different thing from the journalistic or newspaper photography. Right. And he thought that uh, following the developing printing and small camera, I would be making money and then I wouldn't concentrate on what he was teaching me. You know, so he didn't... That's what your cousin thought. Yes, yes. But the other cousin, you know, encouraged me. So privately, honestly, privately, I studied from the two of them at the same time. You were very smart. Mm. <laughs> you were very smart. So, um, yes, how was so, it your first studio when you set it up? How, do you, how was the process like, the journey like, to establishing yourself as a photographer? Uh, I didn't have a studio as such. What I needed was a dark room. <laughs> That's it. Yes. So when, when I got where I would develop and print... And then where I will sleep, I was okay because there's daylight and there are, you know, uh, the sun is shining everywhere and I can take pictures outside without going to hire a room and light up, use up electricity to light, you know, and so on. So I was satisfied to start with that and that's what I did. Mm -hmm. um, I had the the house next door. I used to take pictures there, and uh, there's another opposite where I had another uncle who had a big house. He said you can. So I always carried my camera, you know, mm -hmm. to the place, photograph, and then carry back. Did Did you get customers at first? People coming to your studio. When did you start getting prominence? As for customers, I started from the word go, otherwise I wouldn't set up. You know, I, I wouldn't think that I would even leave the uh, apprenticeship. Normally, normally when you go under apprenticeship, there's a time limit and there is there's a process or custom that you undergo before you leave. Right. Mm. But in my case, my excuse was that I, I wanted to be a police photographer and I wanted to join. And... Uh, I think my master or my cousin approved of it, you know, but I was tested. I was examined and everything. They were so pleased uh, to take me. So I had to wait till, the, the, you know, they, they started a course. Mm -hmm. And while I was waiting, mm -hmm. my uncle gave me his old equipment. I see. I you know, see. That, that's how. Mm -hmm. And even before then, yeah, that, that's why even before then, I had friends whose films I developed and printed. Right. 
what are some of the mo- the memorable moments that you captured historical moments that is are in your mind right now oh so many so many when when um my uncle gave me the equipment mm-hmm. he also gave me some addresses of places he used to visit ah. you know away from Accra. and so i fi- i made uh, i printed what leaflets and sent them mm-hmm. and there were schools and churches especially school schools so those who were doing photography you know uh, amateur photography right they used to send me their films mm. you know they would, they would put them in the post i'll go and collect them you know send them home develop and print while i was apprentice Wow. You know, it started that first before okay. uh, I'll develop them and then post them back. Mm. So when I got the equipment and started seriously with them, they used to have confirmation uh, ceremonies every year. Mm-hmm. The, 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 school, the churches have confirmation. Okay. And they will send me, you know, send for me from Accra. Mm-hmm. And I'll go with my equipment and stay for a week or ah, a few days. So you were called, people yes. were calling you. Uh-huh. And I'll stay there. So I got to know them personally. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had that. Contact. You started uh-huh. building contacts. Yes. And um, how did you manage to get in, you know, in places like, you know, taking pictures of, you know, the first prime minister? That, that, how did it manage? Uh, that, that's the journalistic. I, I had two. Uh, <coughs> professions uh, okay. or two branches of photography. Right. You know, not the police one, mm-hmm. but journalistic one. Okay. As you well as the portraiture, the journalistic one. Uh, why it was easy for me to get into journalism or photo uh, journalism was that when I was at school, I was the editor of our school magazine. Wow. Yes, I wow. was. When when even secondary schools didn't have, uh, they, they didn't have uh, magazines. Yeah. Our elementary school, Bishop School, you know, Bishop Boys School, we had uh, a magazine. Mm-hmm. It was started, or the idea came from the school, our school teacher. Mm-hmm. He he appointed me to the be the mm-hmm. the editor. So that. That was a good training. That was a good training. When you are, you are writing uh, a paper or magazine that is read by even all the teachers and yeah. all, all visitors to the school. When you go that, that, that high or that deep, affecting teachers, affecting students and so on, then uh, you start to get a sense of responsibility. Right. What are some of the historical moments that you remember? Because I know that you were there during the independence of Ghana and you were able to capture and have some great people in front of you. I, some... I think I enjoyed you know, the period before independence, really? especially with the graphic, the, the daily, because the daily graphic came in 1950. Right. 1950. Mm-hmm. And we had independences of March. 1950, what, uh, seven. Mm-hmm. So six years or seven, you know, we have to prepare to, to get, you know. Uh, How was the Ghana before the independence? Was it not, was it not, I would say, I would think the independence means freedom. So before yeah, but, the independence. But then, then I think we, we as children or youth, mm-hmm. we didn't know anything. We, when I say we didn't know anything, not that we didn't read or, but it didn't affect us. Yeah. You know, everything was okay. You get, you, you get what you eat at home, your parents, <laughs> do you, yeah. and then you go to school and you get some work and you see that you do your work, you get your pay and so on. You climb through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you didn't uh, really notice the... Uh, no, not not much. You know, I, I would say even when uh, they started the fight for freedom, 
the the youth were not so involved or so interested until Nkrumah came and you know used his tactics to get the youth to follow him. You see, because what we are doing is for the youth, not for old people. Right. Well, what you're doing is the, so you should know what is happening or what you should do. Prepare yourself and get involved. Mm -hmm. that, that's why uh, the youth became involved in politics. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what, uh, how you old was. Yes, because I was, you know, 17, 18, 19, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 1949, I was 20. Mm -hmm. uh, end of 49, I was 20. Mm -hmm. Being born 1929, you know, th uh, 39, 49 yeah. years. You know, it's that time, some of us were still relying on our parents. Right, you right, know, right. Yes. You still saw the independence and the effect of history. Yes, and life. then when we got in, as a, as a newspaper photographer, right. we are always in it. You know, yeah, as a new... You are where it's happening. Yes. And, you know, knowing a bit of journalism, what makes news, you know, how to approach people, how to make a story, you know, and then plus how to take a picture. Yeah. You see, and how to write captions. It must have been difficult, you know, to take pictures in moments like this because you need to catch it at the right moment when oh, everyone I, there, is... There's, there's something that I, I remember very well. There was a, a big man, you know, a politician, and he was at the race course. Mm -hmm. And I was taking photographs of the race course. Right. You know, horses and people. And, and I saw him in a queue going to buy uh, a ticket to, you know, ticket to uh, win a horse or win a race or something mm -hmm. like that. And I saw him, so I shouted, you know, made some noise for him to turn, and he did, and I took his picture. Oh my gosh, <laughs> how did he feel? Uh, uh, no, he called me, and he said, what are you doing? He said, I work for the graphic. That time, the graphic was new, mm. and it was described as a white paper, you know, mm -hmm. white paper. It belonged to the, because it's new, mm -hmm. and it belongs to white people. And you, black man, you are working for uh, white paper, and you are doing something, and nobody has cut your head. So when you were telling people that you work for the graphic, you always had that reaction of, oh. Sometimes it was an advantage. Oh, you know, yes. He brought you to places, maybe. Yes. Uh, sometimes it was an advantage, sometimes it wasn't. You see, like the drum mm, the was magazine. an advantage. At the same time, even the drum was banned in, uh, in oh. uh, as Africa or African countries got their independence or the politicians felt that the drum was coming too deep into their, oh, their, their lives. Wow. So, you know, things happen. You know. Apart from the beautiful girls and the sports and mm -hmm. other things, they did investigative photography, mm -hmm. you know, uh, journalism, mm -hmm. where they, they bring out things that nobody knew before. Right. You see, so when um, you are bringing this up, you know, you should be careful. Mm. So it was a bit risky for you then, that job as a But I didn't think I didn't think of it that way. Somehow. You just you enjoyed know, it. Yes. Uh, the closest I came to something like that was the editor of Drum. Yes. That time I was, uh, I had my studio, but I was working for Drum as well. And uh, he planned to go to Kumasi because there was a, a, an opposition youth group. They were doing some bad things, wow. uh, you know, like burning cars. And they, they really opposed the CPP. They really, mm. the Ashantis and that came, they, they opposed Kwame Nkrumah a wow. lot. And things were going on. And he had... 
connections with it, and he was preparing that we go and take photographs. I see. You know, he would make the story, and I'll take the photographs. This is something that you could be killed yeah. if if you are not one of them. But you had no political affiliation. You were just taking pictures. I didn't. Pictures. I, I didn't have. But you know, but nobody would know. Right. But I have no. Uh, what what I did was uh, as a freelance. I I went to the assembly. It used to be not not parliament. It used to be legislative assembly mm -hmm. before independence, and I went there almost every day, mm -hmm. taking photographs of what was happening, mm -hmm. or or the the members, wow. and uh, selling them to the newspapers. You know, if any, I was doing that every day or as often as... So I'd like to ask you, because when we look at your archives, you have, as well as having very, his, uh, uh, as well as having pictures of historical moments, such as Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, Kwame Nkrumah. They, they are recent, yes. Yeah, yeah you but... also have mundane pictures, which captures the beauty of the simple moments. So I'd like mm -hmm. to ask you, which, what, can, what style of pictures did you enjoy Baby, babies, babies, children. Babies. Yes. So instead you know, of the historical moments, no, you actually prefer like, the like, simple. Yes, you know when when you take a, show a picture of a baby to a woman or mother, is <laughs> ah, you know you see a, a, a nice baby with some expression, you put it up. Anybody who comes, you say, oh yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, somehow, and I, I could boast that I could take. Good pictures you of babies, could. yes. I loved, I loved taking pictures. Mm. And I also loved taking large groups, mm. you know, being the studio uh, portraiture. Mm. You know, my cousin had the patience to arrange large groups, say 100 or wow. whatever. He, he had the technique and the patience to arrange so that everybody would see his face mm. or her face and buy copies later. And so you found I, a lot of satisfaction capturing the simple moments oh, as well yes, as the yes. historical... Uh, mm. Yes, so... And, and somehow, because of the portraiture that I learned and people dealing with people in journalism, mm -hmm. I, I tend to take pictures of people more than places. People are more important than places. That's my... My, listen, uh, uh, ideal or what mm. you know, something that guides me. Mm. Somebody did s tell me that. Mm. Even if you are taking a picture of a nice scene, put People. a person okay. somewhere in red dress or red hat, you know, so that life comes into. Mm. Even taking a picture of a building, just put one person there. Mm. So it changes the whole thing. Yes. And, wow. and, and I have never failed taking pictures of people. I see wow. amazing pictures in your place. Yes. Um, also want to, you know, so after all that you experienced, you, st you decided to go to the UK. You decided to leave Ghana to the UK. What was the reason behind you? Live in uh, Ghana, though you were successful, you can't say you were successful. Yeah. Uh, one, you know, anybody who's doing something like that wants to go to see the mother country, <laughs> you know, go to England and see what they're doing, right. go and learn better mm -hmm. because you know, there they take better pictures, they have better cameras, everything they were more better. advanced than the sector in Ghana at that time, isn't it? Oh, no, always, <laughs> always. Because the you know that that's where the one reason to why perhaps I I you left Ghana. You know no oh. one why I advanced a little bit was that my cousin introduced me into magazines photographic magazines so I saw I compared my work or saw the work of. Uh, European photographs, photographers, mm. you know, the work of, you know, studios here, people. You uh, analyze their work a little bit. You analyze their work. Yes, yes. And the idea of, you know, I wish I can do that. 
I wish I can do that. All right, I'm going to see how they develop and print. Mm. You know, that... And unfortunately, I, I, I did come here, I did learn, but unfortunately, I couldn't impart it the way that I, I wish I could when I returned in 1970. To Ghana? Yes. You know, I didn't think I'll stay for 10 years from 1969 uh, to 19, wow. what, uh, 59, yes, to, to 1969 or 70, 10 years, In the UK. you know, but I did. But during that time, I advanced, I, I should say, more than anybody I'd met, you know, I, I did so many things that, uh, you know, uh, added to my experience, right. knowledge and experience. And I, I really wanted to go back and, you know, mm. impart so, it. it was I did read that you did help in terms of the color of pictures. You were Not all of us, not all Africans, not all Ghanaians go to England, you know, and they get the chance to study color. Because mm. back then it was black and white pictures yes. in Ghana. Mm -hmm. And even even color was new, 1960, you know, when I went 59, and I'm talking about early 60, mm -hmm. even then it was new in, in England. And I happened to land in the leading color laboratory in Britain. Wow. You know, it, is, it, it was unusual. Um, it helped a little bit because I knew my f photography, Ghana's standard. Mm -hmm. You see, so, you know, uh, this was going to be extra, yeah. you know, because they didn't have the type of apprenticeship that I had, mm. or they didn't have the uh, photojournalistic side. Yeah. If you look at your pictures and it brings so much nostalgia, is the pictures that you have are quite, you know, amazing and are going to live on for a very, very, very long time. So, uh, I wish, I wish, you know, people copy from it. I wish, yeah. but I think I'm opening doors for yeah. uh, other black photographers yeah. or young photographers. That Definitely. that is what, you know, I like. Do. But we speak about legacy. Yeah. What do you th what do you make of the world now? Because we have something like Instagram now, where we can post pictures of you know you have people doing citizen. I have I have, I have the the heart for it. I you have, like it because if if I didn't prepare for it, I wouldn't go into digital. I came here as an old man and learned digital photography. So if you if you shut yourself that oh. You know, you, you can't use an iPad, you can't use a, t t a computer, or you can't use an iDroid or whatever. You, you, you'll be left behind. But, you know, I, I get the pleasure of knowing what the old people did, you know. Yeah. So I, I feel proud that I am a kimping or a link between the old people Yes, and the yeah, new, right, 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 you know, right. the old, the very old people and the new. Yeah. But you know, people would say that pictures these days, everything is Photoshop. There's nothing that is organic. There is nothing that is natural. People like to Photoshop their pictures. We don't even recognize their face when we see them in real life. And what would you say to it, that? It, it, it's good. But <laughs> you like it? Uh, when, when you're older, you've seen a lot of things. So <laughs> nothing surprises you much. Look at the fashions that we used to photograph in the 40s or 30s. They are coming back. They are. Yes. They are. You know, so uh, soon, sooner or later you'll find people will be going back into black and white or something. Look at today. You're, you're, they are throwing uh, coal away, uh, <laughs> wood. You know, you're not burning wood. Um, diesel mm -hmm. is going petrol is going is going to electricity mm -hmm. so what what will come next see what you can do with your your phone mm. in the in the line of photography mm. 
Do you think you know? it's okay to Photoshop and use all oh, these? You can do it. As, you know, you can do anything. Yeah. Anything that you learn mm. is good. Anything mm. that you learn. Right. You know. Right. 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 I, I, I'm not at all surprised yeah. that things are. It's okay for me. I can send ten pictures at a time. You know, <laughs> the other day I had we 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 send pictures. You know that thing that with which you send a lot of pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I sat there and managed to to open it, and there were hundred and twenty pictures. Yeah, it's definitely different yeah. from the past. Yes, it's, definitely, uh, it so, helps in some way. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Uncle James Barna, let's talk about legacy now because every time I interview somebody, I ask them about legacy because I think as young people, we don't tend to think about that too much. But I believe in the importance of when you're alive, knowing that you've made an impact. So now we see that you're 90, but you're still working, you're still, you know, traveling. Why, why, where, where is this motivation coming from? Is it because of legacy that you do all that? I think it may have something to do with it. Either you don't want to leave it or, you know, you keep on going. But I came across something which I think associated with my life or with me. I, 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 sat, I was walking and I sat at the hospital and I took a magazine and I read something. And it's to do with plants, it's to do with nature. And it says, uh, a civilization flourishes when men plant trees under which they will never sit. Mm. You know, a civilization flourishes when men plant trees under which they themselves will never sit, oh. which means they do it for the future. The Think of the cocoa trees, uh, uh, what, timber trees, timber, that we are cutting now. Who planted them? And when were they planted? How many years ago? Mm. So if you don't plant them for the future, you know, thinking that, oh, I want to plant something that I'll, I'll eat, reap before I die, then you won't do anything. Yeah. So when you have a civilization, you plant, if I say planting into the lives of people, mm. not necessarily trees, even though I say trees, you know, plant into the life of people, the young ones mostly, and then they will carry on. Mm. And, and, you know, that's why I like to share. You, you know. did mention that you had some regrets in terms of the pictures that you have, and a lot of them have been lost. The, the first regret is that I didn't go to a secondary school so that my education will be... Because when you read, when you learn more, you learn to investigate more. You learn to, you know, reading and writing and learning becomes part of you. Mm -hmm. So it's not a chore. It's not like you're doing something that you... Mm -hmm. So when you can do that through secondary and other, mm -hmm. uh, it helps... When we are doing photography, uh, today, I wouldn't let anybody go to a photographic school with all the gadgets and cameras, but learn. And then when you pick the camera, you can use it to do anything you want. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a photographer, you know, you have your camera, and I mean, you want to be a, a, a policeman, you have your camera, you can do things, you know, with your camera because you know what you want. You know what you want. Yeah. A doctor can take pictures in the in the theater, mm -hmm. or you know, if, if there is a foot that has gone wrong, he mm -hmm. knows what to to photograph it. He doesn't go and ask a, a medical photographer. Right. There's somebody called a medical. That's their job. Yeah. Uh, you don't go out to you. You've got a small camera that you can take. A lawyer can take photographs mm -hmm. to get give ed evidence. Even right. a, a driver with a camera, anything. Anything yeah. happens, you know, and you can make stories, even if you can't. You can educate yourself and you can teach yourself using the yes. tools that you have. Uh, if you know how to investigate, you can teach yourself, yeah. you know, and let the habit of reading and writing become part of you. Yeah. But as for the negatives that I've lost, I've lost more than half, mm. you know. For that, I, I, I've 
made up my mind not to make space for the things that hurt me. Right. You know, that, yeah. you know what you do further. Right. So when it's gone, it's, it's gone. gone. And I'm lucky that I had two at the same time. Mm -hmm. So when one batch went away, I carried yeah. on with the other. I think I'll be I'll be working. I would like to work till I the can't hundreds. move. Yes, <laughs> I can't move anymore. And I didn't know that one day I would get recognition. Mm. How, how does it make you feel to be recognized? And the Guba Award apparently was your first award as well. Yes, the, the Guba Award. Yeah, I'm in touch with them, you know. We, we, <laughs> yes. Um, how does it feel to be, to be, you know, I thank those who think finally that, oh, this man needs an award. Mm, yeah. mm. First of all, I would like to say thank you so much. Thank you for all the pictures and the images that you've captured. Mm. I think images are very, very powerful mm. and one of the most powerful things because they stay. And so thank you through your picture, through your images. I, I was born in 94. But I, I, looking at your pictures and your images, I can see how the world was. And so I just want to really just honor you and just thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, you so know. much. For those who don't know, um, James, Uncle James Barner's book, Ever Young, is available on Amazon, isn't it? Where you yes, can see yes. loads of pictures directly, you know, as you are walking, as you, whatever you're doing, you can actually carry the book and see, you know, witness the moments. Um, you know, in this wonderful book is available on Amazon, isn't it? Amazon, yes. yes. All right. So, what should we look forward to uh, in the next few months, years, to celebrate your hundredth anniversary? What should yeah. <laughs> yes, that would be a punishment. But punishment. Read, read uh, what notice is on the. The timing of our comings and goings is planned for us from a higher power over them we have no control guys i'm reading this from um, the house of uncle james yeah. barna his door and this is what the text that yes. we can see uh, we, we, it's powerful we don't know we don't know you yeah. think that oh i'm going tomorrow or i'll stay you know and have all the th good things that i like but tomorrow you find you're going yeah you know so you, you leave it to god yes to god Wow. You should say there's no God, that's up to you. But, you know, there, there's so much to make us think that there's more beyond. Of course, mm. of course, of course. Mm. Thank, Thank you, you so much. It was amazing. So much I learned, so much about, you know, togetherness, opportunities, yes, opportunity, creativity. Yes, thank, thank, you know, yeah. when you get it, you use it. You yeah. see what yeah. opportunity is and you use it wisely yes. and beneficially. Yes, you know. like you've done. Mm. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. I hope that you've been impacted. I have. Thank you so much, guys. See you on the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.